This is the FM Gold Channel of All India Radio. In the program News Analysis, now we bring you a discussion on India's contribution in UN Countering Terrorist Travel Program. The participants are Commodore C. Uday Bhaskar, Security Analyst, and Sudhiranjan Sen, Journalist. In what we can call a major development, the United Nations has come out in support of India, its role in fighting terrorism. In fact, the United Nations chief has, you know, specially praised India for its role in fighting terrorism. This is in context of the United Office of Counterterrorism launched by the United Nations. We have with us one of the most distinguished experts in this area, Kamara Uday Bhaskar, to give us a perspective on this. So let me begin by asking you India's role on counterterrorism. And it is not only what we have done within the country, but the way we have tried to like bring everybody onto a platform this is a formal stamp on that i would say that the statement by the un secretary general where he has acknowledged india's contribution in the counter terrorism effort at the global level is cause for considerable satisfaction because it is an acknowledgement of the role that india has been playing not just now in recent years but i would even go to the extent of saying that over the last 30 years plus because you may recall that it was in the late 80s it was 1986 when india had actually alerted the global body suggesting that there must be consensus about how to deal with the challenge of terrorism so towards that end india has made various proposals it has recommended various initiatives but we are aware that 30 years down the road there still is no consensus about how do you define terrorism. terrorism against that backdrop the fact that india has been able to get some support for one specific activity which is to restrict and monitor the travel of suspected terrorists it's a small initiative but i think it acquires very high salience after what we saw in sri lanka and if you reel back before sri lanka we had the attack in new zealand both of them are different i would say manifestations of the same security challenge and in both cases you could now see with hindsight that the perpetrators had traveled without being either monitored or prevented from reaching their respective destinations there is a linkage after all every act of terrorism has a complex web that supports it in terms of the perpetrators so i think to that extent the way in which india has been able to join four other countries in this case japan netherlands qatar and saudi arabia along with india have now supported this initiative which is called the un countering terrorist travel program so this is an important initiative it's the first step but if it is taken to its logical conclusion over the next few years it will require more financial support it will also require greater cooperation amongst the security agencies so that they can share information in the light of sri lanka and certain linkages that have been reported by the indian investigating agencies there is a pattern that could be i would say discerned which links peninsula india with sri lanka with bangladesh and across the indian ocean with the maldives there is empirical evidence of movement amongst these four nodes and i think that is the kind of pattern which this program would perhaps help to illuminate with slightly greater detail in un countering terror travel program broadly what does this mean what it means is that you would have a database and you would be able to profile and keep tracer as they say on suspected movements movements that are not quote unquote routine 
and those which may arouse the suspicion of the different investigating agencies whether they are in india they are in sri lanka they are in maldives or wherever that is the most important function that this particular program could possibly enable and i think the related kind of issue is that this would also be under the un banner which means then the sharing of intelligence from other countries for instance in europe in north america in west asia in africa after all i think whenever you look at terrorism there are two patterns one is money laundering who is providing the financial resources the second is the movement of arms and ammunition or id whatever the case may be depending on the nature of the attack people who are engaged in supporting terrorism either directly or acting as couriers for whatever whether it's money or material would all come under the scanner and i think that is by itself raising the bar because whether you look at sri lanka or you look at new zealand clearly if this kind of a program had been in place with greater rigor maybe just maybe it could have been that much more difficult for the people who engaged in these acts to be prevented from doing so so while you say the travel program is about monitoring there are now questions coming up on the effectiveness of so to say the united nations at one level we see the strength the writ of multilateral bodies in the global context being denuded by several countries by their actions in that backdrop do you think going ahead just these countries like india saudi arabia qatar netherlands coming together what about obvious countries like pakistan well i think that that's really in many ways at the heart of the problem which is that if you have a country in this case pakistan where the state is seen as supporting directly or turning a blind eye to acts of terrorism and you also have an ecosystem wherein whether it is civil society or it is the religious infrastructure in this case the madrasas of pakistan and some of the mosques particularly those which are exuding the so called sunni wahhabi kind of school of thought within islam and they actively support the ideology of jihad which is to say that you kill the equivalent of what is deemed to be the non believer now tragically the non believer can also be a muslim if you look at what has happened in lahore today we have the attack on the sufi shrine right. and this is not the first time that this particular shrine has been attacked neither will it be the last so the way in which the ecosystem of a country enables or supports terror becomes an exceedingly complex challenge and while it may not be possible perhaps to include pakistan at this stage into do mind you pakistan is expected to act like a responsible state i think they have to demonstrate their good faith in supporting the global endeavor against terrorism and maybe one indicator for pakistan would be for instance after india has been able to get masood azhar listed under the same united nations banner as a designated terrorist whether or not they would deal with him with the kind of resolve that is required or not is going to be i think one indicator we have seen in the case of hafiz said that pakistan is not willing to take those steps my sense is that masood azhar may be treated with the same kind of indulgence but pakistan would have to demonstrate its own quote unquote good faith in relation to the financial action task force so while it would be desirable to have a country like pakistan supporting this kind of an endeavor in a very very sincere way the reality is that pakistan's own internal patterns preferences choices both political and otherwise are inhibiting meaningful cooperation because we are also aware that in a country like pakistan there is prime minister imran khan who is the civilian prime minister in islamabad there is a pakistani army chief with the ghq which is operating from rawalpindi there are groups like the lashkar-e-taiba 
and the Jaisha Muhammad that was operating out of a place called Muridke. Now, these are the kind of, I would say, power structures in their own way that are supporting or enabling terrorism. So, unless countries like Pakistan are not brought on board politically, meaning that they have to demonstrate their sincerity in being part of the global endeavor, we will have a situation where there could be more Lahores. You were talking about Maldives. Reports are not very encouraging. It's apparently one of the nations from where large number of people have gone and joined the Islamic State. They've come back. Now these attacks in Sri Lanka, you were referring to reports in the media elsewhere about how there is an interconnected or there are some traces of connection, so to say, between India and these people who have carried out these strikes. Now, once, you know, a mechanism like this comes into force, what actually happens on the ground? If you look at the demography of Maldives, it's a very small country in terms of its population, yet it has the highest density in terms of the number of Maldivian citizens who have gone towards West Asia and been inducted into the Islamic State and its own effort. Many of them have come back. And I think the UN Secretary General, uh, Mr. Antonio Guterres, has actually drawn attention to a very important point in his remarks when he spoke about India's effort. He said that after the Islamic State has been defeated militarily and they no longer control territory as they were in the past, the UN estimates that there are as many as 40,000 individuals who have now been forced to leave who all had been indoctrinated of their own free will, was supporting the ideology of the Islamic State. And the UNSG also pointed out that these people were drawn from 110 countries. That is a large cross-section of the globe. So, a country like Maldives, which may not have the necessary infrastructure to carry out a monitoring of travel, whether it is their own citizens or Maldives is a country that receives a very high number of tourists. tourists. Now, it's quite possible that somebody who wants to misuse the provisions can use the route of tourism and enter into island nation like the Maldives and use that as a launching pad for other nefarious activities. If this particular initiative is supported, because this is only the first step, India has provided a quarter million dollars, 250,000 US dollars. The other countries are also expected to come up and step up their contribution. But the UN estimates that this would cost approximately 12 million US dollars annually, which will be a separate program of the United Nations along with all the other initiatives it has. It can supplement the role that is being played by international civil aviation, for instance. After all, if you look at the ICAO, it has a professional regulatory function in terms of managing the airspace of the world for civil aviation. Concurrently, there is a huge infrastructure that has now been created by the travel industry. Every country has its own contribution. Travel is linked to hotels, tourism. In all of this, it's a bit like saying that if you take the Sri Lankan attack on one of those hotels, one of the perpetrators, the Ibrahim brothers, had actually checked into the hotel. He was staying there as a guest, which is how he was able to enter the premises of the hotel. My sense as an analyst is if this program works, and a person like Ibrahim has already been brought onto the radar of Sri Lanka, which is based on inputs given in this case by the Indian agencies, and this particular perpetrator, Ibrahim, is already identified as a person whose activities need to be scrutinized more carefully. You know, this is all data mining you have a different kind of computer code which allows you to identify this person more closely. So if you have a pattern where countries like either the Maldives or Sri Lanka are being used by any of these groups 
to engage in further acts of terrorism it is possible i would imagine to alert whether it is in south asia southeast asia after all let's not forget bali was the site of a terror attack only a few years ago so in that sense i think we can build on this particular model and if countries see that there is a certain merit if there is global consensus we can prevent the next act of terror to be very sad most countries go through experience which is after the attack the entire effort of the united nations and like minded countries like india is to ensure that this kind of a capacity is created across the board it's not a dearth of information or intelligence so to say but it is the will to act and it is the territorial disputes that come in we see nations not being able to act or not acting so even if you have infrastructure like this which is monitoring terror travel of terrorists we still need that last mile connectivity absolutely and this comes across in a very glaring manner and rather tragically in the case of sri lanka where all the available information now seems to suggest that the indian agencies and other countries both from europe and africa that had provided information to the sri lankan authorities saying that the likelihood of something happening around easter is reasonably high now you can provide this kind of information at the end of the day somebody on the ground has to take that action to either prevent to arrest to round up do whatever needs to be done carry out more physical investigation about explosives and so on that is the real challenge meaning that one of the things you always learn in the intelligence business is that there is no intelligence sharing i mean that's really i think just a turn of phrase there is only intelligence trading you give me i give you it's a give and take and that is where the trust and professional comfort levels have to be built up now yes india and sri lanka are a very distinctive kind of relationship for a variety of historical reasons so there is that comfort level which india and sri lanka have enjoyed notwithstanding the politics which is a different domain altogether i think the important part is to bring countries like bangladesh even the maldives irrespective of their political orientation meaning that the cooperation on terrorism to my mind the ideal state is that it should be independent of which party is in power whether it is bangladesh whether it's india whether it's maldives whether it's sri lanka and that is the only way to ensure that you have a higher level of consensus and cooperation and here you can see i'm deliberately not including a country like pakistan because regrettably the political orientation in pakistan seems to tacitly support terrorism against certain countries for instance afghanistan afghanistan this Correct. is what the afghan intelligence agencies have been crying hoarse we in india know our own experiences so we need i think that kind of clarity to make a program like the counter travel more effective Thank you so much sir for coming here and discussing this development on the in- that we have seen today you encountering terrorist travel and the United Nations chief coming out and praising India thank you you were listening to a discussion on India's contribution in UN countering terrorist travel program the participants were Commodore C Uday Bhaskar security analyst and Sudhir Ranjan Sen journalist This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website newsonair.nic.in. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks@gmail.com.